I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. In goes Stewart. They've only got and done it. And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. There's Lindergaard making Forrest back pedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found him via the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Trott. Goal. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Glovers Cast. I'm Ian. I'm here with Mr. David Coates. Hi. <laughs> and Ben is here as well. All right, Ben? I am. You're right. I am definitely here. And are you all right? I think so. Unless you're going to tell me otherwise. No. Well, I don't know. <laughs> are, are, are you okay? Yeah, I'm good. I'm What's good. What's new? Um, What's new? I've got one less tooth than I did last time we spoke. Wow. Okay. How does that feel? Uh, it feels better than it did with said tooth over the weekend of um, severe agony. And uh, yeah, I spent Monday morning in a chair getting it pulled out. I didn't get all of it. So if if Don's listening, um, <laughs> it wasn't Don. But well, um, say yeah, I went. I went. I went to a dentist. They didn't get it all out, and now I've got to go somewhere else and get the rest of it out. But the pain is gone. Okay. Good. Do you think it's more or less painful than watching Yeovil Town at a weekend? Because the previous Monday, am I right, News Day? You're watching yeah. Yeovil Town. Well, that was good. How, we we that won. Was right, wasn't it? That was yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. But, but even by the manager's own admission today, it wasn't a good performance, was it? <laughs> uh, he's had a few sleeps on it, hasn't he? And, and he has. thought about it a bit more than he did in the aftermath of it. Um, no, I would say the pain I had at the weekend. Was much worse. worse than watching us our first half against Torquay. Okay. Hmm. 
I'm I'm not all right, but you didn't ask about me, so. Well, I think I think everyone could tell just the way you went. Hi. Uh, <laughs> I, I am powered by Sainsbury's black black currant throat lozenges at the moment. Yes, uh, I've got a cough. It's a miracle that I've made it this far. I tell you. <laughs> when I when I do have a cough and a cold, it is literally the end of the world. There has been days where I've just thought about, yeah, it, this could be my final day on earth. I might never, I might never speak to you again. But <laughs> one last cough and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, one last one last cough will tip me over the edge. So I will I will be I will be hovering over my mute button all um all through the recording whilst I yeah, slowly choke to myself. Good. Okay, nice. we'll, keep, we'll keep an eye, and uh, there he goes. <laughs> um, uh, see, right. it got to the mute button. There you go. It has been a, it feels like it's been a long couple of weeks, doesn't it? It has been a long couple of weeks, yeah. yeah. All, all kicked off a bit this week. Mm-hmm. Where should we start? Council stuff? When, I, I, I'm still a little bit uncertain as today's. I know today is Thursday because mm-hmm. we're recording, but I can't remember which days... Um, things happened on so you're gonna have to because we didn't play saturday no council stuff came out wednesday wednesday yeah it was tuesday wasn't it tuesday and this council stuff is um a statement posted by councillor john clark or posted by south somerset district council mm. On behalf of Councillor John Clark, who we know is in Australia, so he's uh, he's been burning the midnight oil literally to um uh, to, to to write this stuff. Did it say anything that we either didn't know already, or we maybe did know but we've forgotten we knew? <laughs> I think probably more to the point. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think one thing we did discover was that. We already knew what we yeah. discovered, but we did, yeah. yeah, we had definitely forgotten. So the statement um, said that YTFC, uh, Yeovil Town Football Club Holdings, YTFC Holdings, which is the company created by Norman Hayward and John Fry back in 2010 when they separated the ownership of the land around the stadium with the the land, the land that the stadium sits upon, and the kind of football club operations into two businesses. One was the Overtown Football and Athletic Club, which is kind of the football, the bit that runs the football club and owns the stadium. And then the other one was the Overtown Holdings, which owns. It doesn't own the stadium, though, does it? Well, it did at the time that John Fry and oh, yeah. Norman Haywood separated it. Yeah. And then both of those companies, and this is where you stop, stop me if I'm wrong again, but both those companies were bought by Scott Priestnell. In 2019. Bought, yeah. bought by CV Leisure. CV Leisure, Scott yeah. Priestnell and Errol Pope at the time. And then um, all of the assets were amalgamated into holdings. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then that was all bought by, oh, well, all the assets were bought um, by South Somerset District Council in May last year. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. So I've forgotten where I was at the start of all of this. <laughs> I, was, I was going through the chronology think, of all of that. Okay, so I think this, obviously, this further update from the council came out after uh, Ferrari, should we call it a Ferrari on social media? I mean, it was, you know, um, 
obviously Martin Hellier. Yeah, a barrage. Martin Hellier is obviously um, was looking at taking over the club and, and has since stepped aside, but is, you know, very much determined to, it seems to bring things to the light and more sort of shifted his focus on the council and how this has been allowed to happen. Um, so off the back of um, lots of questions on social media and off of social media, the council have obviously felt compelled to release this update. Um, like we've said, we the big thing that came out of it was that the buyback was with Yeovertown Holdings, which we did already know but had forgotten about. Um, I suppose the reason that that's the big deal is that the holdings company. So when Simul Sports were looking at taking over the football club, they were looking at purchasing Yeovertown Football and Athletic Club Limited, which has no assets other than the football club. So putting two and two together and making 500, if a takeover was to go through again, if you're buying the football club and the football club operations, you're going to be buying Yeovil Football and Athletic Club Limited. But presumably you wouldn't be buying the holdings club maybe you are but if you weren't buying the holdings company you would not be able to purchase the land back from no. the council i suppose one other thing to say is the last person who bought the company did buy everything didn't they scott priestnell bought everything so yeah. if there's a, a precedent it could it could happen couldn't it it could it could but i guess so what then that issue that arises from if it happens that you buy the football club and not the holdings company you are then in a situation where potentially if uh, cv leisure were to purchase or if yeovertown holdings aka scott priestnell was to purchase the land back from the council he could then charge the football club rent for the stadium as the landlord and in like an absolute worst case scenario, he could lock the gates, knock the ground down and build houses there because it's his land. He can do what he wants with it. Um, obviously, that's total worst case scenario that hopefully there would be some, some way of preventing anything like that happening. But um, I think that's where the further outrage has come from this latest update. How is this different from what it's been since 2010? Because in 2010, there were two companies set up and the buy, uh, well, I know there wasn't a buyback then, was there? But the football club was effectively a, 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 a tenant in its own, well, a tenant to itself, really, wasn't it? it, it is, so have things changed at all in as much as our situation seems the same? It's just who our our landlord isn't, ourselves if that makes sense our landlord is our landlord is the council at the moment and our landlord potentially could be our chairman which you know in theory shouldn't but be a bad thing should it? But, but that but that all depends on the desires of the chairman yeah yeah fry and hayward for all of their faults john fry was was a yeovil town man mm-hmm. and they had plenty of faults but it felt like they probably weren't going to start charging the club one billion pounds of rent per year 
to essentially make them homeless so that there's a nice big plot of land to build houses on. The concern is that in worst case scenario format that Ian's just spelled out, we don't know and have seen no proof that Mr. Priestnell is a football club man who would not do that. We are relying, if I think I understand this, and reminder, I am the village idiot, is that we are relying on Mr. Priestnell and SSDC doing right by the football club rather than, unless there's something we don't know here, something written in stone that prevents the football club being told, you can leave now and go and ground share with Weymouth for a couple of years, please. Yeah. I mean, uh, not that I'm here to speak on behalf of Scott Priestnell, but he would say that since he's been at the football club, it's gone through one of the most difficult times in its history. And he's been the man who steered the ship and he has put money into it. And therefore, what more does he need to do to prove that he is a football, he is a Yeovil Town man, a football club man? Now, I that that's what he'd say. And that's what he has said in various statements and things like that. I'm not saying I agree with that wholeheartedly, but it's probably fair and balanced of us to put mm. it out there that that is what he. Um, I, and, I, I don't. And you're think... not wrong, and the idea that South Somerset District Council is doing is is just thinking about themselves is also tainted with a slightly different aspect because we know we've had Councillor John Clark on, we've had people within there who do care genuinely about the football club, so they've got different aspects to their side of proceedings as well. What we lack is communication, again, for the four billionth time. Uh, We don't know, for example, if the current talks with a partner of exclusivity or preferred bidder negate any future deals. We don't know whether or not the football club in its entirety and the holdings company is up for grabs or whether or not a split of ownership between football and athletics club and holdings affects a future deal. If the two become... Um, separated under different ownerships are the council in a position to turn around to holdings who has now got nothing to do with the football whatsoever and say no you're not having the land because you have nothing to do with the football club anymore are they in a position to do that legally or can Yeovil Town Holdings now completely separate from the football club walk up with a great big wad of cash and go we'll have that land please thank you so much and do whatever we want with it we don't know because we haven't heard that's what we want to hear from the council and from the club is that does there involve a break? It, our, our, you know, what, what happens next if successful, unsuccessful takeovers occur? We don't know. And if, if any potential people within the takeover are listening, uh, much like we have the win them all hashtag and the uh, 433 chant, uh, we'll start the by the lot. By the lot, by the lot. I think that's yeah, that's the general feeling. Yeah. Um, do Hashtag we? By the I feel lot. like I feel like this is not the most amazing subject to go on and on about as we have <laughs> as we for, have done yeah. for since uh, twenty twenty. Um, <laughs> shall we go and get not a constantly view? since twenty twenty? Although it does well, feel like it sometimes <laughs> fairly regularly. Um, shall we go and get a view from uh, uh, the Glover's Trust on this? Why not, eh? Hey, eh? seems like hey, a perfectly hey? reasonable thing to do. Oh, there we go. 
Well, we've spoken to uh, Mr. John Oakes, who is a board member of the trust, uh, about the statement they put out to members uh, a couple of nights ago, as you're listening, and the general direction of the trust and what's going on. So on Wednesday night, uh, members of the Glovers Trust will have received an email from the Trust with a, a bit of an update and a bit of a call to arms. And we're delighted to welcome John Oakes, who has recently returned to the board of the Glovers Trust to um, share a little bit with us. Um, John, the, the update last night, um, obviously it's been a bit of a crazy couple of weeks in Yeovil Town world. Uh, why did the Trust feel the need to uh, come out with their update? Well, hello all, first of all, and thank you for, for having me on. Um, in terms of the Trust at the moment, um, as I'm sure you can appreciate, there's a bit of a um, transition period um, with people coming in and going out, people like myself coming back and seeing what's been going on from the outside. Um, I think when it comes to statements being made by the local council the way it did, it was always going to be a case that something was going to, going to come out. And I'm glad that we're able to update members, at least on this occasion, within a couple hours or a couple of days of, uh, of something coming out. Yeah, I think one of the big things in the statement was the... Um... A call for the the meeting to go ahead that was promised in in October, um, with a, also an invitation to South Somerset District Council to join. How, how yeah, thought, have there been any progress on that front? Um, well, we're um, about sort of thirty six hours after uh, the moment the statement going out. Um, from our end, um, I'm not privy to the conversations between. Uh, Roger, who's the chairman, and uh, uh, his opposite number over at the SSDC. Uh, I know that they're looking to put something in the diary and hopefully get some uh, some some dialogue and some answers going. Um, when it comes to the fans forum event, I think everybody's very much aware of the the awful way the club have handled it. Um, there's no way that they can continue to hide behind this. Uh, period of exclusivity that they call it um it's I, I'm, I'm very aware that when i was previously on the trust um we had a little bit of a combative relationship should we say with the ownership ownership um i've told the board um as i can't let's say i come along to glover's cast i didn't want to be somebody to drop some more bombshells and, and kick it all off again and be a very volatile character, but um, I think the language of the the release speaks for itself. Um, the the fans deserve better um, if they're promised transparency and openness when an owner comes in. Admittedly, it was all those years ago. Um, you can't then string people along for for nearly a hundred days, promising their uh, their questions will be answered and um, just sort of dangling it on a on the end of a string. I mean, obviously, the 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 owner can't be here to speak um, speak for. for uh, well, he can. He probably just. Well, he, 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 he could be here. He could be here. Yeah, yeah. We have invited him enough times, but um, I mean, he would say 
there's this there's, there's another uh, takeover um, in in the offing. So presumably he he's in the same position that he, he claimed he was right. in when the previous offer was uh, was ongoing, and he didn't feel that he was going he was going to be there at that time, did he? Did, does he not yeah. just feel like that again? I well, who who knows what he's feeling oh, right yeah. now? I mean, the point there is that well, I say that so many points that can be made. One thing that I think uh, a lot of the fan base have missed is the the last statement that came out from the club is a typical Scott Priestnell statement in that it says... I don't know, it's fairly brief. It, well, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't name drop anybody and it doesn't attack the trust, so it's not really that. But <laughs> in terms of it, he talks about a majority investor and... and um, he doesn't talk about selling up. He talks about somebody coming in, but there's further details about whether it's just uh, a share issue or and he's going to stick around or whether he's going to leave. There's so many unanswered questions that, once again, I, I from and again, this is not necessarily the, the trust's official line, but speaking as a as a fan, that doesn't give me any sort of oh any hope of, uh, of information or of him turning over a new leaf and saying, new year, maybe let's, um, let's actually get the fans in the door and, and, and treat them with a little bit of respect. I don't see that myself. No. I, I mean, the ability to say something without saying anything is uh, it's a, it's a, it's a quality, isn't it? it it's, it's certainly <laughs> something. <laughs> with, with regards to sort of, the the takeover and or you know investment what whatever it's going to be um has anyone reached out to you obviously when you and i were on the board of the glovers trust we had a close relationship with julian jenkins and similar sport and you know you, we... you, you may think that or say that i couldn't possibly comment no 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 of course I can. um <laughs> the the position is that um, i know a lot of fans a lot of members uh, will be hoping that um, there's somebody behind the scenes suddenly going to come through and rescue the club and, and make everything better. Um, the, the trust have maintained contact with uh, various people, uh, people that were involved last time around, um, people that um, were close to getting things done, some that were maybe a little bit further away. Um, but people that nevertheless we shared a view with about fan ownership, which is the trust's bottom line. Um, at present, we are not aligned with anybody. We're not speaking regularly with this particular party or group of people who um, have been designated or ordained as this uh, preferred bidder. Um, so in that respect, we're a little bit in the dark as much as everybody else. And that might not be what people want to hear, but um, and, and one of the things that I took from your, your last episode, and I, I think was, was spot on, is that um, we do, as a, as a board, need to be a little bit more forthcoming about what is going on, um, what we are doing, and what we're not doing. Um, and at the moment, uh, we're not involved in those conversations uh, for the purchase of the club um, and sort of fan ownership. Um, that being said, if the uh, the parties that are involved are, are listening um, and want to, to reach out, uh, that door is always open. 
you've um, you've mentioned a couple of times about the questions you have of of Mr. Priestnell and, and the club as a whole. I thought it was interesting that the statement mentioned that you you also want a sit down chat just individually with the council. And I was wondering what kind of questions you you wanted to put towards the councillors. A couple of councillors have come out and, and tried to make a, a couple of statements individually on social media and stuff. And I just wondered what kind of things you wanted to ask South Somerset District Council or the trust wanted to ask the council. Right, so- it's a very good question. Um, the before I answer it, and I hate sounding like a politician there, but there was a, <laughs> a key point that should be made because um, when I was no longer on the board, when I stepped away, I had a, a, a little bit of a, a thought about how I conducted myself and the trust and how we conducted ourselves and where, where we may have overstepped a, li- a little bit previously. Maybe, like I said, if we were a little bit combative at times with the club. Um, and I think a, a, a very important point in the recent um, statement from the trust is acknowledging that the fans forum is not our event. It's the club's event. Um, and I could just foresee a situation where uh, Mr. Priestnell was like, well, how dare you invite people to my event, essentially. Um, because we were accused last time of putting the club up for sale, which was not actually the case, but Let's not get into that. In terms of your question about um, a meeting with the council and what the um, the, the questions that are we're, we're putting forward, um, obviously there are, it's an, it's an ongoing sort of process. We've got members who we're gonna go to um, and, and share those original like initial questions and then ask for further ones. Um, but at the moment it's, it's about the sort of due diligence that was done behind the deal. Um, what the thinking behind attaching these buybacks to a club, uh, sorry, a company that essentially could be severed from the, the football club quite easily. Um, personally, I find it incredible that you have a buyback for the core land, which isn't associated with the football club uh, and is, is with holdings instead. Um, it would make it made the purchase of athletic, uh, the athletic company, so much more um, desirable to people if it actually had that option. Um, it might make it a little bit more complicated, obviously, when you, you're dealing with somebody trying to value that, but that would have at least, I think, appeased some Yeovil fans if you, you knew that your team, um, rather than the company that sort of surrounds it, um, actually still had a, a, a claim to the, the land under the pitch. Um, in terms of further questions yeah i think it's about that due diligence and what they were thinking trying to understand it because it's we've always been opposed to this deal um since since day one um the we, we could obviously go back over old old ground but i think the important thing from our end is that i'm not going to know all those those questions we're going to put forward um i think it's important that our members have a say um, because this is me talking now as somebody who's been on both sides of the fence, uh, both on the board and off. Um, it's, it's easy when you're not allowed to say anything because of NDAs, because of people that are involved in deals and saying, oh, you can't say this, or I might be able to imply this, but then you can't say X, Y, Z, to forget about our obligations as a board to the members. And the, the board serve the members um, and without the members, there is no board, no trust. And I think, again, on a personal sort of level, 
um, if tended to focus on um, getting out information and um, statements for the wider YTFC fan base, and I can see the reasons for that. Um, but I think the, the members need to be a little bit more involved. Um, and I think if you're going to take a trust forward, um, whether that involves a, a bid for the club or being involved in somebody who's bidding for the club, you need to take those members with you. And I think, um, like I said, there will be those initial questions that have been lined up. I know um, Roger's worked on it extensively. Um, he did send me some earlier on for this very question, but I'm looking through my notes and I can't find them. Um, and um, but it's we've all we've all agreed that the members need to be involved as well. So um, I think moving forward, if they're not going to attend the fans forum, um, and whether they do or not, it's not up to us. Uh, it's also not up to us realistically to invite them. But I think it's part of a conversation that it makes sense for them to be there. Um, and if they're not then we need another route forward. And I think that's the reason why it's in the statement. It, it, it covers both bases. What's the situation with the asset of community value that the trust had? Does that, is that expired now or does that come back again? Is that actionable again? Um, as far as, well, this is probably the one question I was hoping wasn't going to come up because I've raised it myself. Um, <laughs> um, because uh, for, for those of listeners uh, who may not know obviously the ACV was previously triggered um, back at the end of 2020 early 2021 um, and that put in place the moratorium that stopped the sale of the club through to SSDC the first time um, that then says essentially that you can't trigger um, another one for 18 months you can't uh, request another one um, we did lodge another one and it was due to be ready to be triggered about two weeks before they announced the ssdc deal it was that close in terms of being able to stop it again which is incredibly frustrating now obviously since then the position has changed with the ownership of the asset um uh, the acvs in this area is a very niche area um, of knowledge. There were some issues around our trading rate last time where people thought it might be an interesting test case as to the certain parts around that. We didn't really want to be involved in a massive legal case that would cost tens of thousands of pounds to both us and Mr. Priestnell, but there we go. So the point there is that I'm not entirely sure whether it transfers to SSTC. In, th in theory, it should, because ACVs were uh, originally put in place to protect post offices and pubs and that type of thing. And, and it should stick with the asset as opposed to the owner. Um, in the event that SSDC decide to sell the asset again, I would hope, and this is my interpretation of it, that we would have that opportunity to trigger it again. That's not guaranteed though. Um, we do have people uh, within the trust who are very good and very uh, thorough these things including Roger and um, I'm sure that um, I could probably get back to you with a better answer on that one but um, uh, as far as I'm not sure I'm, that's a long worst way of saying I don't know right so if there was if if, if you were able to trigger the ACV because I think last time that was where Simul Sports and all of that kind of came into into being I know you would have spoken to them before that but that seemed to be when they when they came to the fall would you do that again 
and I know I'm asking you about things you're not even sure whether you hypothetical can do that. Things. Yeah, yeah, I mean... Hypothetical thing. Would, would you do it again? And if so, would there be a, a party? Because I'm guessing the Glover's Trust doesn't have enough members to raise enough money to buy whatever the That's, football cost. It's, it's, it's a good point. Um, and there are, there are two things to, to take from that. Um, one of the points that Ben made in the last episode about membership and, and communication really is very important to me personally, um, in that I think we don't have enough members at the moment. And there are people in the, uh, the YTFC fan base who have moved away from the trust for a number of different reasons. And we need to get people back and we need to grow and we need to do the, the basic and the straightforward things that um, any trust or any organization in our position should be doing. So um, to answer that point, no, any, any trust that has um, a few hundred members is not going to be in a, a financial position to mount a, uh, a bid for itself. There are other ways of doing that. Um, I'm pretty sure I can, I could, let's, let's phrase this in a hypothetical so there's no legal issues, should we say. If for example, I'm guessing the legal issues, John. Yeah, please, please, no, please. No, exactly. <laughs> let's let's take your your question about um, SSDC uh, and triggering the the uh, an ACV now. Um, how would the, the the trust go about that? Um, it's about building um, building relationships and bringing people together. That's what we did last time. We didn't shout about it. We didn't make the uh, a lot of it public. Um, it wasn't a simple case of before where um, we triggered the ACV and then somebody else came in. Um, we were looking to, to build uh, um, a coalition of, of, of investors and people to come in and, and everybody with, again, that uh, same thought about fan ownership being some of it. Um, but I, I think there would be something we, we would do. Let's put it that way. Um, I don't think we're in a position to make it just by ourselves, not by any means. And I think also some of the criticism that's been levied at the trust from certain members of the outspoken YTFC online community, should we say, um, it's entirely right. There are people um, thinking that the trust is ready to go and, and run the club right now. That's not simply not the case. Um, we've got a lot of good people with a lot of... Um, good intentions and we are YTFC fans at the end of the day, um, but we are in the business of building our trust first and foremost. Um, and then if the opportunity came around, um, being part of a solution to the current problem that is the YTFC ownership. What are the next few days and weeks look like for the Glover's Trust? Because Glovers-trust.co.uk is still a, a dead link. At the time of us recording, we haven't had any AGM minutes. That was obviously a little tiny while ago now. What does what that getting back to basics physically look like for yourself personally and the trust as a whole? Uh, well, at the moment, I'm looking at my WhatsApp Glovers Trust board chat kicking off uh, with various comments around signings and so forth, but um, I am aware since I've come back in, I've asked those, those, those questions. I've been seeing what the issues are because it's been quite clear that over the last uh, year, 18 months, uh, there have been challenges that may, let's be completely honest about it, may not have been sort of net. Um, there are some problems. Um, 
there is a new website coming along. Um, it's I've had a look at it and it's it's getting there. Um, I think it's still in the last sort of phases of having functionality and bits updated um, on it. Um, I know the guys that have been working on it and they've done a great job. Um, again, we're, we're dealing with volunteers here. Um, I was uh, tasked with passing on uh, our thanks of your offer of any assistance. Um, I've sort of acted as a middleman in that respect in terms of seeing what the guys who are dealing with the the website and the, the social media side of stuff what sort of assistance they could need um i think sometimes it's just time and, and when people have busy lives and that sort of stuff getting around to it i know it's not an excuse but it's the truth um and so to come back to your question what do the next few days look like um i know that more communications are coming out so members can expect um the uh, an update on what's been going on and acknowledgement of the challenges that we face um there's a uh, i know roger's been drafting uh, some some words about that um like I say the website coming online and um the agm minutes are on there um i think there may be a um a move to maybe post them somewhere else and obviously if glover's cast wanted to um, host them that would be I think appreciated by the board but um, uh, I, I think there will be ramping up of more communications going forward um, and I think from speaking from a personal perspective again like somebody who's been a member for a year and, and sat on the outside and sort of itching to get back um, my focus again I'm not I'm not sat here as any sort of um, position of authority on the board I'm not vice chair not chair not anything anymore um but one of the things that i'm hoping to bring to the board this year and going forward is trying to rebuild some of those bridges that we that we had last time in terms of let's let's be honest when when we were involved with simul sports and everything else that kicked off we weren't very good at, at communicating last that time around in terms of regular stuff with our members because we were restricted by it those restrictions are no longer in place. So we need to do the basics. We need to get members back in, like involved with actually doing stuff is um, not the best way to put it. But I think actually um, people are not gonna be a member of a trust or be part of a, a movement unless you give them something to to do and, and to listen to. So in the, it's, it's not a great and the most sort of politician polished way of answering your question um but essentially in the next sort of coming weeks and months there will be a lot more coming out of the trust um whether it's moving towards something slightly different than open letters and something a little bit um, more different from that or whether it's just continuing to comment and highlight the 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 state of of matters i mean yeah, it would be it would be wonderful to get the website up and running and the new one like i said um as soon as possible but i don't have that information to hand i know it's close but um <clears throat> hopefully we'll get there soon brilliant one last question from me how can people get involved and how can people join the trust great question um in terms of joining um the website and um Everything that comes out over the next few weeks and months 
will have that information in terms of on the bottom of it and, and everything it will say if you'd like to join the trust please contact xyz um we also as a trust need to look at what we do provide in terms of um it can't just be a case of statements going out and we need to get um, our board members engaging with the members um i think there's also some there's a solution to our problems in our membership base it's a hell of a resource to have a few hundred people with different time and, and, and different skills um, to be able to chip in. I know from previous experience, I'm not, this is for me, not necessarily for you, Ian, but when you're faced with a mountain of work as a volunteer, that can be incredibly off-putting and it can, or daunting might be the better word. Um, so it might just be a case that many hands make light work. We're looking for people to, to come on board to help us with our communications issues. And that will be part of the stuff that goes out. So if you've got a, a passion for Instagram, for example, because we've got a board who I don't think any of us are on Instagram. There might be some of them, but I'm not. Um, or am I? See, I'm getting old. I can't even remember <laughs> if I'm on Instagram. I don't use it. I might even have an account. Um, it's that sort of thing of division of um, all the jobs. So if we need somebody to help run the Twitter account, somebody with the Facebook or the like, drafting copy, um, all these little different jobs that we're going to need assistance with because we, we're now going on a, a couple of different, I don't say adventures, it makes me sound like I'm in The Hobbit, but we've got to get our trust back on its feet, um, building membership, going in the right direction um, and building trust in the trust again if that doesn't sound like the most awful cliched nasty sort of Rishi Sunak thing to say um <laughs> but I think we do need to we need to go along that route whilst also keeping very much a close eye on goings on at the club um, we've got a couple of different functions at the moment a couple of things that if we want to act as the uh, the critical friend of pointing out the shortcomings of the, the club and making sure that it's constructive and it's for the right reasons, because we all love the club. It's not a, an anti-club organisation, not by any means. But if we're going to be um, constructively criticising people, we need to make sure that our own house is in order as well. And uh, so the, the, the communications that come out in the next few weeks and months will hope to address that in terms of getting members on board as well. That's not even a way of putting it. Uh, but like I said, uh, many hands may lie work. And hopefully um, there'll be some people listening to this who think maybe give it a try and wants to get a little bit of exposure by running the Glover's Trust Twitter account or something along those lines. But uh, those are the challenges. That's what's going to happen. Um, and hopefully uh, we can engage more with the members um, and they can help us out by um, helping us develop the trust going forward. Right. Thank you very much, John. Thanks for joining us. Not a problem. Thank you very much. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Huge thanks to John and the Glover's Trust. If you are uh, going to be getting any Glover's Trust communications over the next few days, weeks, and months, do take a look at that. Dave's disappeared off to get a glass of water because he can't choke, can't stop choking himself. Um, and we're kind of done with the serious chat. I know there's more serious chat to probably have over the coming days, weeks, and, and months and whatever, but we're kind of done with the serious chat. And there's been some good news um, in recent weeks. On New Year's Day, uh, Yeovil Town Women's uh, FC, Women's Ladies FC, I can't remember the exact terminology, was relaunched. Uh, Martin Starnes had a lot to do with that. And Ian Maskell, who we were hoping to have on the podcast last week, has caught up with our own Ian. And if there's one thing this podcast needs, it's more Ians. So, Ian, fire over to your chat with the other Ian, please. On New Year's Day, the launch of the new Yeovil Town Women's Football Club was announced. Uh, we're delighted to welcome Ian Maskell, the CEO of the new club, to the Glovers cast. Ian, thanks for joining us. Uh, you're welcome. Lovely to be here. It's a it's a pleasure to have you on to talk about some something positive coming out of the football club. Um, where did this, you know, this organisation come from, and and why did you want to get involved? My daughter has been um, following uh, Yeovil Town for for quite a while. So we used to go down to Dorchester and watch the team. Um, she started in the development section of it and and has progressed and. Uh, and unfortunately, when when Yeovil um, disappeared, um, she she went with them. Um, but it was looking to really generate football back in the area. I'd been coaching; I was grassroots coaching, and then I came over to South Somerset Regional Talent Centre uh, that are based in in Yeovil, and we were looking at what is the pathway for for female footballs in the town to to have that that experience of trying to reach the higher levels um, and working with Jamie Phillips, who was one of the coaches whilst the team was in the WSL, we went, we want to have a football team and we want it to be Yeovil. And we knew that um, there were some positive things coming out of, out of the club and, and they were starting to recognize again that the time was right. And so we, we went in. We had a good conversation. Uh, we made sure it was right for for both of us, and um, and here we are. Um, and it's great news for for women's football in the area. I know you had your first training session, didn't you, on Friday? The first sort of invitational for for girls to come and join in. How did that go? What was the sort of turnout like? It was brilliant. I mean, as, as South Somerset Regional Talent Centre, um, we've been training there on on a Friday night and as we transition over, we are supporting um, Yeovil Town um, and just seeing that many girls out on the AstroTurf, all kicking footballs, all having fun. 
it it was it was everything that we'd we'd wished for um and just it was great to see the start of the journey and and where it now shows the potential of of going and just giving them that high quality technical football training to then progress into women's teams and up through the tiering system uh, you've mentioned the um south somerset regional talent center i think there's there's been a couple of fixtures at the weekend where it's kind of in brackets Yeovil Town Women's Football Club. What what's the difference between the two? Well, what the the regional talent centre will become Yeovil Town Women's Football Club. So so the region the regional talent centre or and all its setup is coming over uh, on the girls' side uh, to become Yeovil Town Football Club. Obviously, we're in the middle of a season and we can't change our name over to the sides that are already registered. So uh, the under-13 side that's there, um, we're already in the Junior Premier League. We're playing teams like West Ham and Watford and Atlanta, who are based down in the Portsmouth area. Um, and and we've got West Ham coming down to Yeovil already um, playing. So being able to expand that and then come again next season in green and white is going to be brilliant. Yeah, so it, yeah, it sounds so positive, and I guess with that already having that structure there as well will help, you know, help bring more people in and and build that reputation further. And and what we want to put in is is different pathways. Everyone's got a different journey that they want to take uh, through the footballing uh, setup, but but our ethos is to try and provide football for everybody and making sure that it's it's a very high quality uh, coaching that they're going to get high intensity, lots of ball rolling time, lots of movement, but also making it fun uh, for the girls. Um, and then being able to offer them the chance to progress, um, putting teams in the junior Premier League. But actually, as they're taking that journey, if we've got enough players, then we'll, we'll start them in, in grassroots as well. Uh, we're also looking at bringing them in a lot younger so so we can start getting them infused and enjoying football at uh, a younger age and really start that that technical learning get them used to controlling a ball so so as they do progress it's just making that that pathway easier and, and their run to uh, to first team success hopefully brilliant um the, the new club's directors include Stuart Robbins and Martin Starnes, who obviously play a big part uh, the um, on the men's side and the men's football club, how important was it to get them behind it and have them be a part of the organisation? Stuart and Martin have, have been amazing all the way through it, and and whilst they did ask me some uh, very scary questions at times, I, I was also asking them what what their ethos was uh, going forward and and how they were going to help um, make sure that we didn't make the same mistakes as as last time and, and let the let the ladies side slip away from the club and and their ethos towards women's football is that we should be going forward as that one club uh, we should be united as as the badge says and and we should all be wearing the same kit we should all be eventually playing at the same stadium um and making the future for women's football green and white i think that'll be music to a lot of people's ears i think you know one of the big criticisms levelled at the, the club previously was the lack of support for the old <coughs> ladies club so you know based on the announcement and, and what you've just said it seems to be a case that these clubs will be very intertwined um you've talked about the same kit and the, the same badge we can have the same sponsors and everything like that as well 
So we're still we're still in conversations. That that's what we want. Um, but we also recognise the fact that, that women's football has also got a different different calling, and there may be businesses out there that that want to get into women's football as well. Um, but yes, we do want to to be looking at identical as as much as possible. Uh, but recognise there may be some some people that want to come in and some businesses that want to come in and get involved in in football. That's a little bit more of a community feel and a family feel, um, and progress that forward. And you've touched on the ambition to play at Hewish Park. When when do you think you'll we'll see that? When do you think we'll first be able to get to see the ladies' team on at Hewish Park? So what we'd like to do is it's the first match of the season. We'd love to play there. Um, we've got to make sure we we look after the pitch, um, and we've got to make sure that that we keep it keep it in a good state um it does need some some maintenance so so we do need to make sure that that we're doing it properly we're doing it with a good business head um and we'll at first have selected matches there and then as we grow as as we get a a good fan base as we get people coming to watch then then we'll open it up and as we go through that tiering system um the medium plan is that Women's football will come to Hewish Park, and that should be the home of of ladies ladies football in the southwest. Um, it will take a little bit of time to get there, but but we will we will be there. And that you know that's a big you know that's a big ambition, and and the ambition obviously to make the club as as big as possible. But what are the goals in the sort of the first six months to a year? What do you want to achieve? In the first six months. And, and a year, it's really about starting to gel a team together. Um, we're starting from scratch. All the players will be will be brand new in, and wherever we come in that in that tiering system, it's to make sure that that we set up the women's team with really good foundations, a really good uh, core to it, to then step in stone all 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 the way up and, and progress and win matches and be positive. Um, and that, and that's what I always ask of my girls. You go out on the pitch, work hard, be positive, um, and whatever happens, keep your heads up. Um, so that's exactly what I'd expect for the women's setup: work hard, be positive, keep your heads up, and go out and win matches and and be competitive. Um, and we can't ask any more of, of of that of players. So really, that first six months to a year is just us establishing ourselves getting a good social media print getting the fans in getting the players known to the wider community and and then progressing from there uh, and uh when do you see that you, you talked about the first game the start of the season the season when does this first <coughs> sorry when does the season start for for the the new organization uh, first matches will be at the beginning of September. Um, the ambition is to, to play play at Hewish, but again, we'll select the matches and, and, and make sure that we've got the right matches and the right audience uh, to to do that with. And I guess the big question is how how can people get involved? You know, there there'll be people listening to the podcast who, you know, perhaps thought fondly of the the old setup and were disappointed to um, disappointed to see it fold and. The same breath, there'll be people who watched the women's Euros in the summer and thought, this is amazing, I wish we had this, and you know now they have the opportunity to get involved. So what's the best way for people to reach out and, and be a part of this? So find us on social media, 
Um, we're on Facebook at the moment, and we're going to expand. Um, and contact us either by email through through the club or on social media or on Facebook and Messenger. Um, we are looking for coaches. We are looking for volunteers, and they'll they'll um, come into their own as we start the season. Um, but we're also looking for players and and parents. Um, because we are starting everything from scratch. So we want to have a, a big, broad base, lots of coaches, lots of assistants, and just lots of girls having fun kicking a football round in green and white. Okay, well, thank you very much to the two Ians for their little conversation there. And now, fellas, Let's go absolutely crazy and talk about a Yeovil Town football match um, involving Yeovil Town, luckily, and <laughs> Bromley, which uh, will break out this weekend. One of only two that there are in the National League, because everybody else seems to be in, I want to say, Umbro FA Trophy fight. Uh, is it Umbro? Mm, no, 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 it is Izizu. Azuzu, that's it, Azuzu. Yeah. Azuzu. I. <laughs> Every time I see that, I am convinced that it is the character from The Lion King. Azuzu. The yeah. bird. Does it mean no Zazu. more worries for the rest Zazu. of the day? Yazoo. Is it Yazoo, the bird? Zazu. 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 So I see that. Yazoo is a milkshake. It's the milkshake Lion King <laughs> cup. Yeah, yeah. Yazoo was a 1980s uh, popular beat combo as well, as well, I think. We'll take your word for it. Yeah, maybe. Take it was a milkshake as well, yeah. yeah. Still is a milkshake. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, so yes, Bromley some football. Um, no, Bromley are a bit better than they were when we were playing them in December, aren't they? They've improved a bit. So have we. Yeah, we've improved a bit as well. I would say. Well, yeah, I, well, yeah. I mean, we we were doing all right anyway at that point. I think, weren't we? When was the original game? Start of December, wasn't it? First weekend of December. Mm. Ben's. I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. That's I think. Yeah, I think we've only played. Have we only played twice since then? Oh no, we lost to Talking Cup. Yeah. Do we play Scunthorpe after that as well? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. So, but then we, but we won a game. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and they've only won uh, once since the beginning of December. Yeah, they're rubbish. Yeah, they beat they beat Southend away. Only one. And... Yeah, and then and then drew with a moat, and then uh, and then um, it sounds like from what Mark Cooper was saying in his press conference on Thursday today, as we speak, it was that they were a bit unlucky. But I did also see some uh, Wrexham fans saying that they were they were they were big bully boys and uh, and and <laughs> and really really upset their uh, their poor little flowers of uh, players. Oh bless them! Yeah, yeah, I believe. So, um... Max Hunt said something similar. You expect a big physical side at Bromley. It's going to be nasty. Yeah. Well, Michael Cheek, isn't it? Up, um, up, up, up front uh, for for them. So any, any, any. If there's one thing you can say about him, it's he's a big physical presence. Big Omar, big Byron. Yeah, yeah. That's more what I was thinking of. It's a lot of big physical presence. Um, we've lost a few, haven't we, since New Year's Day? Five. I- players yeah yeah jamie andrews which feels like a huge should we, huge go through one by one? Should we do them one by one because i think that is well i was i was 
Uh, started. Oh, started. <laughs> Sorry, and then, and then somebody really interrupted you. <laughs> Huge apologies for that. Go on then, you crack on. Sorry. Well, I would, Jamie Andrews. Yeah, you already big done miss. that one. Yeah, we've yeah, yeah, done yeah. that. Move on. Big, big loss. We get it. Uh, Ewan Clark has left the building. I didn't mind him. Hmm. I thought yeah. he had a bit of trickery about him. Yeah. I didn't mind him, but... Sam, Sam Pearson has officially left the building. <laughs> yeah. Officially um, left. Uh, the fatigue has clearly got to him. I hope he doesn't get too tired at Wimbledon. Um, Sam Perry has also officially left as well. Oh, yeah, I forgot about him. Um, and then Lewis Britton, who... He's up uh, my neck of the woods now. Yeah, Chorley, isn't it? Chorley, yeah. Chorley FM, coming yeah. in your ears. Yeah, exactly. Um, and the other one is uh, Mr. Jake Scrimshaw has yeah. departed as well, cutting his two-year two deal, deal short by like, 18 months. Cutting his two-year deal in two. Yeah. So out of all of those, apart from Jamie Andrews, who we've already uh, established is a, is, a, is a big loss, are you really that bothered by any of them? I know they're, 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 they're bodies, aren't they? But when did any of them feature? Last, any of them. You and Clark against Scunthorpe, wasn't it? That was his last game when he was probably our best player. In Did a... he not play against Dorking? Might have done, but the fact no, I don't. Remember. No, I don't think. I don't think he did. I don't know. I don't think he did because we had Chory Johnson left wing, JMD right wing, and That's... Worthy behind Fisher. I don't think he was there then. Hmm. Um, I don't. I know what you mean. It's none of them are none of them are particularly disappointing departures, apart from Jamie Andrews. Apart from Jamie Andrews, I think what is the disappointing thing is, you know, we signed Jake Scrimshaw last August and was two year deal, big signing from Bournemouth, kind of score goals, blah 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 blah. Played about an hour over four appearances. Um, Lewis Britton as well, you know. Mark Cooper brought him in as a player who he said was going to score goals. Haven't seen enough of him really to see it. So obviously the manager will have seen a lot of it in training and has made a decision that maybe he's not up to it. I um, think isn't cool. there a good thing to say from that, that this is clearly a manager. If he sees something he doesn't like, he just, that's it. Gets rid. I think he said something that's worth noting as well, that he said that um, Lewis Britton was a non-contract situation. Which I didn't really get at any point during like his announcement or whatever. I thought it was on a, I thought the end of season, was, yeah, a deal to end the <laughs> season. But a non-contract suggests it was maybe slightly easier to cut ties, maybe slightly cheaper to cut ties. But um, yeah, he must have been told, look, you aren't going to start over Fisher and Linton, and well, we now know and we'll get onto it that there was a player coming in. So actually, you know, sorry, but thanks, but no thanks. I think the other important one that we've kept is uh, Andrew the right winger mm, um, yeah. after his second half against Torquay I think you'd, <laughs> if he'd gone I think people would have definitely been you, on the annoyed side do you think if he hadn't had that appearance against um, that that performance I should say against Torquay people would have been as bothered if he'd have gone no no no, but I think, and I think yeah. there'd been such a distance between when he played the last game, he'd come on and made an impact to the Torquay game. I can't remember what one it was, what his last game was before that, but it felt like I think he came on against Dorking. Um, 
and didn't do much. But I think that kind of made people think he's fucking good. Like <laughs> keep him in. Like I, I wonder if it made him realise you're going to have to show you're pretty good. Hey, like yeah. he, he, he. I don't know whether at the point that he came on in that game against Torquay, the manager had said to him, "Probably going to send you back, mate." And you can go and play in Peterborough Reserves. And he was like, actually, I'd rather not. Kind of play his way back in. <laughs> he said after he the game, out. didn't he? He did say after the game, um, when Sheridan asked about him, he was like, yeah, he's great, but I want him to do it all the time. Uh, and sort of, he kind of challenged him at that point. So, yeah, I'm happy he's staying. I'm happy he's staying. Yeah. Yeah. Good that he's staying. Definitely. And um, I look forward to seeing him at Bromley. Yeah, and you've got someone else to look forward to seeing at Bromley as well, Dave. Yeah, I have. A Is young he... forward. A young forward called Jordan oh, Young. young. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's not that young. Well, he's younger than all of us, 23. Yeah, um, everyone's younger than us, mate. Yeah, get used to that. You're not younger than me. Us, collectively. Oh, I'm okay. talking about <laughs> us collectively. There's no need to be rude, you elders. <laughs> respect your elders exactly. um yeah so that was uh luckily that one's coming before we've pressed the record button Cheers, so, we, so we can actually talk about that one jordan young from chippenham town um trip trip down he had a south. contract with scoventry 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 <laughs> so it was at swindon where uh-huh. I think Cooper might have been there when he was coming into. Didn't give him his league gone by the time he got his debut. I think Cooper. Well, I think I th- no, David. No, no, no. Mark he Cooper gave him, gave him his, him his debut. debut at Swindon. Right. Okay. You definite about that? Yep. Okay. Yep. Right. <laughs> right. Um, and, and, but then he went to like local league. And then he got a trial at Coventry and uh, got a contract at Coventry, right? I mean, yep. Yep. And, and played impressive. against Southampton in the EFL Trophy. Thank you, Wikipedia. You and now he's number 11 for Yeovil mm. Town. Number 11. What do you make of that, Ben? Um, makes a lot of sense. Um, obviously vacated <laughs> by the recent departure of Jake Scrimshaw. But he does now have to live up to the Tom Knowles um mantra of wearing the 11 so big shirt to fill young man it's one of those that i don't know if you've seen any reaction on social media from chippenham supporters um both of them are fuming (laughs) yeah they're both they're both livid and there seems to be a bit of you know there's a couple messages there saying how he's deserves a move up the leagues and got some quality about him. Um, I think as he scored in his last, scored mm. three goals in his last four games. So he comes in to the side on form and perhaps with a bit of confidence, like personal confidence from scoring some goals. Um, Have you seen to, the goals? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't want to be a bit of a YouTube scout. Doesn't mind, but it doesn't mind a worldie. No, shots from distance, left footers I'm, as well. I'm okay with it. Yeah. I'm okay with that. I am. Yeah. Apparently, according to the bastion of all knowledge that is uh, Wikipedia, he turned down Chelsea's academy. Well, there we go. Sounds like a good guy. And Alafay Santos, former Glover, did reply saying, what a player when we signed him. And he would know as a Chippenham Town regular. 
There, you go. there we go. We happy can, then? Can, go well, on. Can, I, can, I, can I just call the two of you on? Uh, and I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm taking this off of Wikipedia as well. So Wikipedia for Jordan <laughs> Young, brackets footballer, yeah, says he made his debut in the Football League on the on on the second of February, the uh, second of February, twenty sixteen. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> now, if I go to Mark, Mark Cooper, Cooper, football yeah, manager, brackets football, uh, f- 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 footballer. <laughs> yeah, it says that he left Swindon on the seventeenth of October, two thousand and fifteen. Wow. So how the, did he? The, get the, his... the club, the the club press release on on the club website. It says so uh, Mark Cooper was the first manager to name him in a professional squad. Oh, okay. Maybe is... maybe Mark Cooper only unused subbed him. Yeah, he scored mm, his maybe. first Swindon goal later that season. Oh, good okay. technicalities on the words. Okay, all right. Yeah. He parted company on the 17th of October 2015 following a 2-0 defeat to Millwall. Anyway, okay, all right. I'm I'm gonna leave that one there. I think I think you're both right. Yeah, well <laughs> that's a Stays down. <laughs> also starts starts the, the, the quote Yeovil are a massive club. Yeah. Yeah, you'll fit in with me, mate. They got <laughs> so much land. Gaffer spoke to me. Knew it was the right thing to do. Yes, I can't wait until Saturday. I'm really looking forward to it. You're really looking forward to it. I bet what? he's looking forward to it more than you are, Dave. I reckon he is, yeah, yeah. I bet. I tell you, he's looking forward to it less. The poor bugger that's going to have to sit next to me on the train, coughing and spluttering alongside him. That's who's looking forward to it less, I promise you. <laughs> they don't know it yet, but they aren't. Well, fair play to that person, yeah, whoever they, they are. are. Are you going to eat really smelly food again like you did the last time you were on a train? Smelly food? When did I eat smelly food? <laughs> Didn't you have, like, like really smelly crisps? Your oh, I did. I had, I, had, I had flaming hot monster munch. You're right, I did, yeah. Yeah, to be fair. Yeah. To be fair, I did, yeah. I won't leave my... I, I, last time I went to Bromley, I left my phone on the train. I'm oh, not going to do that again. No, that will not happen again. Otherwise, right. it will go to Liverpool this time. Should we do some questions? Yeah, why not? Yeah? Let's do them. Dave, are you taking Facebook? I, I haven't. Can, you, se- can yeah. you select all comments just to make sure we we get them all? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Well, leave this with me. This <laughs> might take this might take me a little while. Okay, here we go. I'll start with a foodie one. Uh, Harry Eaton asks: Seeing as shops are already advertising Easter products, should hot cross buns be available all year round? Can we just appreciate that uh, the food question being asked by a name named a man named Eaton? <laughs> I think ho- I think, think he hot- I think hot cross buns are available all year round. I think hot cross runs are uh, disgusting all year round. Do you? Wow. Wow, Ben. That's scathing. What do you think about hot cross buns, Dave? I'm ambivalent towards them, to be honest with you. I think if they're um if they're cooked, you know, if they're toasted. Toasted, yeah. Yeah. Um I'm all right with them. Yeah. Yeah. No, I can take them or leave them. <laughs> let's let's okay. stop let's stop putting fruit in bread. That's just unnecessary <laughs> at this point. No fruit and cheese, no fruit in bread. A great mantra to live your life by. Uh, Dan Johnson uh, says, uh, I've been away for two weeks in sunny Tenerife. Have I missed much? No. 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 You missed nothing, Dan. Nothing at all. Nothing at all. Uh, Rob Manley. Except for all the things we've just spoken about. Yeah. yeah. We've covered that. a lot of it, Dan. Yeah. Um, 
uh, former Glover's Cast quiz champion Rob Manley uh, asks, out of seven, seven being highest, obviously, uh, what chances have we got of getting new bodies in the door before Saturday? We need them. The squad is weaker now than on New Year's Day. Seven. It's arguably guaranteed seven. There aren't many sevens, (laughs) but I think this is a seven. Because there's at least one more body in already. Do, do we? I think there might be another question before I preempt this question. Uh, well, uh, yeah, I'll go to it. Robin Bachelor, which position would you like to see strengthened the most this month and why? Personally, I would like to see one or two centre midfielders brought in as we only have Staunton and Diath with Worthington now playing further forward. Um, I think if we were to see, he has, he has. If we're to see, it's a fairly obvious answer, I think, as well, though. If we're hoping to see another body in before. Saturday is that the position you think we need it? It is. I agree with Robin. <laughs> Blimey! <laughs> yeah, and everything except for his love of woking football. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> um, whilst Robin makes a valid point, I'm still concerned about the fact that we are mere one rash challenge away from losing um, uh, Jamie Record for two games, and I don't feel like we've quite sorted out the right side of defense situation i'd like i'd like us to have another versatile wing back who can play on both sides please but we, we mid, midfield is the is the issue right now yes yeah i mean the manager said to a manager hinted today that diath would probably be partnering staunton which is fine but very good that's what it is <laughs> it's fine but if we lose lawson diath because of his injury record or you know he hasn't has he played 90 minutes this season or when was the last time he played 90 minutes um, we're gonna you know we need depth in there we need bodies maybe finn crask will come up from truro is that where he is now truro yeah he's he's yeah. gone on loan to truro mm. <clears throat> on our way less said about that the better not from Plymouth, eh? Yeah, no, they play in Plymouth, don't they, at the moment? <laughs> oh, yeah, they do, don't they, yeah? Not far. Um, it's like a Man City group, isn't it? They've just amalgamated all the clubs to Plymouth. Plymouth Argyle's feeder system, Plymouth Parkway, Truro. Um, uh, okay, so we've done that one. London Green, Dave. Uh, That's not me in London this weekend. No. <laughs> There's another cough. I got I got I got to the <laughs> mute button wrong. I thought that I, I thought that might have been the one, you know. <laughs> what the, the one he dies on. <laughs> it's close, it's close. I might not make the end of this episode. <laughs> oh dear. Um yeah, Dave says I haven't been to a single home game or a single home or away game this season. Okay, nor, you're well placed then, Dave. Nor am I planning to. Oh, First time since the 92-93 season that I haven't been to a game. Realistically, how do the club bring the fans back? Or is it too late? That is quite literally the £2.8 million question. Mm-hmm. Well, I would say the way they bring, they, they bring fans back is by winning games of football, because that is the only proven thing to bring fans back. I would say if we went on a crazy unbeaten run, win them all. I mean, we're on we're on a pretty good, d- decent run. Um, albeit we're not winning many. We're um we've we've drawn quite a few, but um that 
is what would be proven to bring fans back. Now, whether that would bring Dave back, uh, I imagine his reservations are probably not um, football related, but I think that has got far more chance of bringing people back than anything to do with any of the other stuff that we spoke about for the first half of this podcast anyway. So, uh, We're unbeaten in 2023. There you go. 100% record. Mm. Anything to add, Ben? Um, only that I didn't quite realise that should we beat Bromley, we would go to 16th within four points of Bromley, who are 10th, and eight points off of the... Um... <laughs> Don't say it, Ben. Okay. The manager said it today, or he didn't it... say didn't say anything about it, but he said he looked at the results that brought others down towards us rather than us up towards them. Yeah, I think was a... he was just he was just trying to tease Aidy into asking him about whether he's thinking <laughs> about the playoffs again. Dangle that carrot. Um, positively spin all the teams below you winning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Glove actually asks, where did the 2.8 million go? I'll just leave that one there and you don't have to answer it. Um, another one from... Did you? Yeah. Another one from Robin Batchelor. Do we need to see more creativity from the midfield, e.g. Diath Worthington, or the wide players, JMD and Oliver Bori, to make sure we score more goals? Yes. Well, I'm going to say, based on what I've seen recently, JMD and Oliver Bore are full of creativity. They are the ultimate creatives. They should be wearing bloody cravats and carrying oil painting canvases around with them. They're that creative. Am I wrong? Tell me I'm wrong. Come on. Tell me I'm wrong. I can't, ben, I can't, tell me I can't, I'm wrong. I can't. I cannot I can't, tell you you're wrong. I won't let you. He's going to start <laughs> coughing in a minute. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I think, well, I think we need more. We always need more, but I think perhaps Jordan Young will be the How bad many Jordans do you need? How many have we got? Two. Two. <laughs> that, that, that doesn't feel like an overload with Jordans. I, I feel we can have more Jordans. Maybe one. One, one more, more Jordan. Yeah. Jordan Maguire. Drew. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. Um, did you find any Facebook ones? Because I've got a, I've got a nice foodie one. Well, it's not really a question. It's uh, it's it's more of a comment from our friend uh, Colin Redman, who says you will see I've written a lengthy statement on the side of Space Facebook page in reply to John Clark from SSDC. Please feel free to comment or discuss the issue. I think we probably discussed the issue as far as SSDC is concerned. But if you want to go on and read. That is on the side space Facebook page. So it's it is a good. Quick. It is a good. It's good it response. Makes some good points. Yeah, he does. Very yeah. good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, someone will answer them. Um, <laughs> I said I had a food one, but I don't have a food one. Right. There's a couple here. I don't think we're qualified to answer this one. This one's from uh, Martin Hellier. Uh, I've heard if, of him. If the club, <laughs> if the club went to SSDC, not holding company for bailout, and 2.8 million sent to holding company. What mechanism existed slash exists to scrutinize how much money was passed down to the club that was in trouble? If it didn't, it's fraud, surely. Why didn't SSDC follow it? I'm kind of feeling like there's some kind of like, I'm drawing a graph where I'm trying to like figure out where everything's going. Um, basically. Alan from the hangover with all the... Yeah, exactly. With all, with all that, that going, around going, going in front of him. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, we said it last time, didn't we? And that, that, that this 
local authorities have degrees of scrutiny both internally and have degrees of scrutiny um, above them as well. There are local government ombudsmen um, who are there. Word of the day toilet roll today, mate. This is, oh, this absolutely. Is, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, this is uh, LEP, LEP Dave, yeah. million, oh, yeah. isn't it? Absolutely. Lep, Lep, Leper Dave, this is, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, the local government ombudsman exists to... Uh, regulate, scrutinise decisions taken by local authorities. So I would say that any decision um, taken by a local authority to give money to um, whomever, what, where where that money goes, they should ultimately be open to scrutiny at, 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 at any point and every point. So I, I would say if, and I'm not suggesting that there, there was anything wrong about the... Um, uh, the, the money that they've spent because, uh, you know, let's face it, so South Somerset District Council are going to be pretty watertight, I would imagine, with regards to what they're doing, legally speaking. Uh, I'm sure they wouldn't just be chucking money around um, willy-nilly, but they'll be open to scrutiny with whatever it is they whatever it is they do. So I'd say there's a mechanism there. I couldn't honestly tell you exactly what it is, but there'll be something there. You haven't been in yet. You haven't been in Yeovil Town Centre recently, Dave. I haven't. You're right. But they're not happy, are they? They're not happy. <laughs> it's carnage. They're not happy, are they? It's like a 28 million pound thing to revent to renovate it and stuff. Well, yeah, I've been keeping it close. They need more. They need more. <laughs> um, overspent. I've got a village idiot question on this. Actually, um, surely 2.8 million quid is the kind of thing that will show up on some company accounts, and if it's transferred between accounts like that kind of stuff yeah that kind of will appear on accounts that will appear whenever they appear i mean we're talking yonks away but if 2.8 million quid comes in and you give one point whatever we did to the loan company to write the loan off that'll show right you would think so and then if they put the money into yovertown football and athletics club that would show i don't know this is a genuine village idiot question i don't know but I'd imagine will... that. I'd imagine that kind of money would fit, feature in a profit and loss um, balance sheet. That okay. we'll end up seeing in yeah twenty 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 five when the football <laughs> club doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, fine, but we'll be able to go. Oh right, yeah, there we go. Oh, that's where it went. Um, okay, uh, I thought it was a food question. It's not a food question, but here we go. The last one on Twitter. If you could be a world champion or winner in any sport. What would it be and why? And that's from Dexter Tyson, who always asks, I think anyway, always asks us a, a good question that's not football related to get stuck into. Any sport in the world. Oh, wow. I mean, there are so many options. <laughs> you know, list all the sports now. <laughs> but like, imagine being good at something really rubbish. Like something completely pointless. Like what? I don't know, like you know, like the Winter Olympic stuff, the whole sledding on a on a tea tray stuff. Yeah. How do you even find out that you're good at that? But then sled, to do it, sled on a tea tray. But then to be good enough at it, to be the best at it in the world, that's that's kind of cool. Yeah. That would be up there for me. So you want to be world champion tea sledder? Um, maybe, yeah. Okay. What about chess? I'm gonna do a lot of. Have you uh, heard any of the, the chess stuff as of late? It's quite a big story in the chess world at the moment about a guy, an Amer a young American guy who's basically been accused of cheating 
um, through various uh, <laughs> uncomfortable way. Go and read about it. I forget what okay. his name is. Um, but <laughs> Where's he been putting these chess pieces that make uh, them all uncomfortable? <laughs> Dave, go and search. Um, <laughs> all a, right, okay. There not, was a, not, not suitable for work. Eh? No, no. <laughs> please, please don't make a porn joke. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's Ben. <laughs> P-A-W-N. Um, I got you, I got you. Okay, so you want to be? I'm, I'm gonna I, I'm gonna take tea sledder. Yeah, I'm gonna take the tea sledding. I'm, I've I've been put off. I've been put off the shenanigans, and I don't fancy facing Magnus Carlsen in the chest. So don't worry about it. Dave, shuffleboard. I'm no good at that. No, nor am I. That's why I want to be good at him. Okay. That's why I would like to be a world champion of it. And it's all covered in sand as well, isn't it? Why is it all covered in sand? To slow everything down. Is that the idea? Right. No, I, okay. no idea. Shuffleboard aficionados. What would what was you doing? Yeah, I, thought was a, I thought he was a darts kind of guy. Did you? Is some Aris? Pub sports. <laughs> Aris. Want to play some Aris? <laughs> Pub sports. I can have a drink in between. Right. <laughs> um, I, I, I'm. Why have none of you said like football? Would you not want to win the World Cup and be like? I thought I thought it had to be some yeah okay it had to um, be in some way realistic. I will be uh, the world champion of Skittles. all elite wrestling. Oh. <laughs> I can imagine this happening. I'm sure there's a French episode about this, isn't there? Oh, <laughs> there is. you think? Yeah, yeah. Where it becomes wants to become the USB UFC champion, <laughs> the HSBC champion. Yeah, become that. Um, yeah, there Bank we go. And why would I want to? I don't know why I'd want to be that. Just, just... Why not? Really? Yeah, there we go. Why not? There you go. I'll, I wonder what it would feel like to be slammed and <laughs> go through all of that. <laughs> yeah, maybe best not to ask. No, that's not. <laughs> it's been a long day. I don't want to make those jokes that are going to get us taken <laughs> off the air. Yeah. Off what? the air? <laughs> Charlie FM, coming in your ears. Oh, dear. Um, I think that's it. Do you think that's thank, it? Thank God. <laughs> Enjoy Bromley, Dave. I'm going to love it. And to the person who I sit next to on the train, I do generally apologise. We can watch this one, can we? No. no, three o'clock on a Saturday. We can. You can come You can watch it with me. You could sit you next to Dave on a train. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How about I... Um, I'll, I'll FaceTime you, Ben, from the... Uh, from the the the, the terrace. <laughs> Stood next to Oli Olbert. Oli Olbert on the terrace. On the terrace. He's back on the bench. Yeah. <laughs> Olivier. Right. Bye. Cheerio. Bye. And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. There's Lindergaard making Forrest back pedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris, expanding by the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Trott. Goal. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? 
Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 